Welcome to Fiction Authors Talk Books or Fat Books Podcast. This episode, I'm talking with the engaging Sedona Ash about a bunch of this and that. I named this podcast Fiction Authors Talk Books because I wanted it to incorporate all aspects of being a fiction author in the discussions. Being an author is a stressful job with high expectations from both ourselves and our fans, so this will always be a chill conversation that probably goes off topic most times, but we'll still have some fun. If you enjoyed the podcast and would like to see your favorite author on here, send them this link, and they can get in touch with us at FatBooksPodcast at Gmail. We take all authors who write fiction and have been published as long as they like. Thanks for joining us and on to the podcast. Hello. Hi. We're going to talk about vampires. Yes. Ooh, vampires. I like vampires. <laughs> I like vampires. I like vampires too. Yes. Because they can be like, unlike shifters, vampires can be a bit constraining because you have to do it this way or, you know, there's like yes. confines. I've had people be like, oh, that's not a vampire because they walk in the daylight or they're born or, you know, different things that you play with. So it's not every vampire walks around like Dracula and cheesy lines. And so you were saying that you also have played with the vampire mold a bit. Yes. In this news series you've been working on or? Yes. So I I published the first book, uh, Save a Life, Tell a Lie. And mm-hmm. I published it in January and I write a lot of reverse harem. So that was my first male female book. Okay. And I loved, I loved that. I'm trying to move a little bit more into that now. Mm-hmm. But for me, when I play with an idea, I want to make it as much as I can. I mean, obviously there's nothing new under the sun, yeah. but I like to try to make things my own spin or my own take on, sure. on that. And I do love vampires. I love the idea of this being that's, you know, immortal and very powerful, a little bit on the... I don't know, a brute, maybe like, you know, a little bit more like, I don't really care. Mm -hmm. I haven't watched a lot of the TV series. I've I've seen most of the originals Mm -hmm. and I liked that, but I I haven't watched a lot of the pop culture kind of vampire stuff, but I do know the typical tropes, you know, we we all do, but I wanted to play with that idea. Well, everybody read Bram Stoker in high school kind of vibe. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So you, you, you know, that one. And then, you know, you know, your Dracula from all your cartoons. Mm-hmm. how they played on that. And then I never actually watched or read Twilight. I just saw bits and pieces because you can't help it. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, of course, she she played up some of her own stuff. So for me, I kind of wanted to go back to the idea that I wanted the vampires to be able to live in the human world, but still not necessarily completely love humans. You know, mm-hmm. it's like they tolerate them, they're beneath them. And then just kind of play with the juxtaposition of you have this super, you know, powerful, could kill you in an instant with a girl that's obviously human and she can't handle that. So uh, one of the things I enjoyed that my readers liked was, so I, if you saw Nemo, this was where kind of the idea came from. But he, when the little octopus gets scared, she goes, oh, no, I eat. Yeah. And like the little black cloud. And I thought it would be really funny if, so one of my my vampire, when they become very, very aroused or interested in a female, like like enamored or whatever, they will release a scent. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, they ink, but with this really, really nice fragrance that's supposed to like calm their mate mm-hmm. or attract their mate. Mm-hmm. But it's an embarrassing thing. Yeah, It's something, it's a lack of control, which they don't like. And so my vampire, of course, had never done that. And so when he first sees this human and he doesn't even like humans, he inks. I don't call it inking, but yeah, I get basically you. that's what he does. He releases this scent 
And his friends are like gagging and laughing like, oh, no, you did not. Like, they're never going to let him live this down because it's, you know, for an uber self-controlled. Yeah. He should be able to handle his hormones and not be, a, you know, a teenage vampire. And I just like that because then at the beginning, she's running from a stalker. The whole premise is that. She's being stalked. She's terrified of vampires, Mm -hmm. always has been had like an aversion to them. But she decides that she needs a bigger monster than the monster that's stalking her. Mm -hmm. So she runs to him and asks him, like, she tries to pretend he's her fiance and ends up in a forced arrangement is how the book goes. But he doesn't like humans. She doesn't like vampires. But then he releases that scent and she's like calmed and attracted by it because she's supposed to be his soulmate anyways. Yeah. So it's, it's fun just to kind of play with that. My guy is I'm playing that he's a historical. So one of like the original essence of the vampire when he shifts my because my vampires have a vampiric form. Okay. Not like a bat. Not like that. No, but like, you know, fangs, eyes change, you know, maybe maybe some sort of claws are, you know, standard, typical, you know, kind of thing. Correct. Yeah. You're you're like you're obvious like those things. Yeah. They still have a, a humanoid form. Yeah. But with these more vampiric, you know, bl- their eyes, mine, the eyes go black, you know, things like that. Right. And uh, so, and which terrifies her even more. But mine is different from the other vampires, which he's been hiding from both vampires and humans that when he shifts, he shifts into a more demon gargoyle like form. Mm-hmm. And there is a group of creatures called the hunters who are actually hunting for him. So there's like a mystery. So it's going to go through it and you have to figure out exactly what he can do and, you know, what the hunters are since they weren't supposed to be in existence anymore. Right. But they've come out of hiding. So he can call the shadows. So when he's shifted and very angry, the shadows answer his call. So it's, again, it's not your typical vampire, but it's still the, I need to drink blood. You know, I live immortal. It's still a play on that. Yeah. No, I think it's fun to mess with some of that stuff, but I also think it's fun to not mock, but kind of play with the whole, <laughs> the stereotype stuff. Like I had, and see the people, maybe when I started off as Aaron, and if somebody had only picked up an Aaron book first, they didn't know I was kind of mocking it, though I did really say in the book that I was. But like I had a super sleek master of the city vampire whose name was Vlad, and he was, you know, like. Love it. He thought he was you know, like super cool, super with it. And she kind of kept mocking him of like, really, your name is Vlad. Like, huh? And he's like, I, I chose this. Like, even when he explains it later that it wasn't his real name that he chose it. And the, you know, my friend told me to just go with it and follow whatever and mess with people and choose it. She's still like, dude, like it's like guy that thinks he's the thug and you're just kind of like, like you just want to put out your hand and like hold it at his forehead as he's swinging at you. Kind of like that's the vibe. It, the whole thing is supposed to be giving off. I love it. And some people did get it and they started laughing and they're like, I love how you're mocking this. And then other people were like, dude, you can't write like a vampire it's like oh you missed it like you missed it sometimes the jokes don't don't land but I, if you're like for me i don't always mind because i'm sitting there giggling like an idiot while i'm writing it <laughs> i don't mind i really don't unless like i've done the same where i've totally missed it and like i get it on the reread or something so like i totally get it i'm just one of those that like i never put down like a review or put down my opinion unless i'm 100 percent sure that i'm in the right so sometimes i just like feel bad for people when they're like oh my god she didn't 
da, da. And it's not even like I'm mad about the review or the criticism. I'm just kind of like, oh, honey, you didn't get it. Like, it's not even like I want them to take down a bad review. It's more like, please make that go away for yourself. <laughs> like you didn't get the joke. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Because I've been in that I, I've been in that position where I didn't get the joke. And it's like I like I feel bad for somebody when they don't because like you everybody knows how that feels. <laughs> I've I've seen a few of those, yes. Oh, I I love this. I have um I have a book and the concept is the girl can split herself into three forms. Okay. I published it last year. It's called uh, Nope, Not a Never. And they are a species that can split themselves into three forms. So she can split herself into three girls that are completely vis- visible, almost like a werewolf could shift into a werewolf, except she can do it w- with these three forms and they each embody different parts of her personality. Okay. So she is a... Um, well, she's a thief at the beginning of the book, but it's it's a forced thing. And so she has her own team, essentially. She doesn't need to work with anybody. And then she get, has is forced to work with another team. And that's how you know the story developed. Right. But I loved it because I named the main character. Her name is Trip, T-R-I-P-P. Mm-hmm. And then one of the one of the other girls was Lee, L-E-E. And the third girl I named Kat. Um, some people got it right away. And then a lot of people told me that it got to either the point where I explained the joke or about halfway through the book where they realized it was triplicate mm-hmm. if you put the whole name together. That's pretty funny. But you had to be like, yeah, you had to, like, I was very careful about when I would say their names in a sentence to put like a little tiny bit of a gap because I was trying to like let people get the joke without explaining the joke yeah. at first. But I loved it because I got so many reviews where the people would be like, I got it first page and the other people be like, got it halfway through. And then I just wanted to smack myself because how did I miss that at the beginning? Oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah, no, I like doing that kind of stuff. Like I get validly get crap for picking on people or picking on, you know, this side of the politics or this or I pick on Texas a lot. And it's valid. Or I've I've had somebody email me and they're like, You really pick on vegans. And I'm like, I do. But do you know who I pick on most? Meat eaters myself anything i am i pick on most like i pick on catholics most i was raised catholic i pick on chicagoans most i'm from chicago like i just pick on everything because it's seriously laugh at the crazy or just get out like you're not going to survive this like we're all going to die in the end like just enjoy it and that's what makes us laugh in in real life too oh yeah is like the humor and the irony and the can you believe that just happened you know and that's what i want to capture in my book is they're unbelievable obviously it's paranormal yeah But I like there to be those points in the book where people can relate to it because they also share or have someone in their life that has that viewpoint or that background or or whatever. I just think that's a lot of fun. Well, and we've all just had those moments of like, oh, wow, I really just did that. Like same series, but she's having this thing and the doctor lives in the building and she's going down there ready to kill him because she thinks she's having morning sickness. She's puking. She's sick. You know, she's going through everything. And then it's actually a vampire, her head of security that she's intimate with as well. And he shows up and the doctor's like, do you have tender breasts? And he grabs her boob and she's like, I'm going to kill you. And he's like, yes, tender (laughs) boobs. And they're going through everything to try and explain to her that she's starting her period and it's the new supernatural birth control that she had to switch to instead of the human stuff that's making her this sick because 
because she wasn't taking care of herself. But her whole ah. thing is she's like, I'm pregnant. She's like, and he's saying whatever. And he's like, she's like, I'm not showing yet. How would I even know? And they're finally like, oh my God, Sarah, you're not pregnant. You can't have this. You can't be pregnant when you're on your period. Like we're trying to tell. And she's like, well, how the hell am I supposed to know? I'm throwing up. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> right and we've all been there where it's that moment of wait you wanted me to think logically in this moment like maybe not to that oh, extreme yeah. but it's like we've all done that stupid stuff or we've all done those moments where it's like i'm sorry did you just expect me to be normal here or but yeah so i like a lot I... of the humor of just you know <laughs> i do too i i had one scene where the the girl really needed to hop in and like save her mate and I like to play with my with my female main characters. I don't love the damsel in distress. Oh no. Like I do I do like a little bit of the he can step in in a moment and save her and I really like the men to be more like emotionally supportive yeah. than even, you know, physically supportive. Um so I even have books where the girls kind of like a little bit put out like you do realize if one of us is going to get hurt it should be me because I'm going to heal from it and you're not. <laughs> you know, use your brain here. Yeah. And I had one scene where my my girl used her magic and was able to get wings to fly, but if I was in that moment and all of a sudden I was given wings, no matter how badly I wanted to go save someone, the reality is I don't know how to fly. I wouldn't know how to use the wings. So, you know, yeah. she, it was a super dramatic moment where she's like, I'm going to do something. And, and she like throws herself off this building, but she can't fly. <laughs> so, you know, it turned into a kind of half comedic, but you know, it, it's not a real world problem. But then I think if you're pretending to be this person, this character in a book, if you're in their head, you'd probably be like, oh, wait, that's right. When would we have had time to practice? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm dying because I actually just did something similar with my Artemis because everybody's so nervous to teach the, you know, future queen of fairy how to fly in case she gets injured and like damages her wing. It could mean the devastation of the planet and all this. So they're just not teaching her. Like they're ah. not doing what they shouldn't because they're worried about her power level or if she gets injured. So it goes this thing that her dragon mate is like, you know, you keep promising you're going to come fly with me. You're going to come fly with me, come fly with me. And then he like, kind of is just like okay let your wings out feel the air and then he just dumps her off his back <laughs> just like a like, mom bird just it, throw her out of the nest yeah because she's a telepath so in her mind he's like you know dragon sorry and then just flips does a barrel roll and dumps her off but he's flying below her to catch her right. and is like talking in her mind about like just glide down just get just stop saying you're never going to do this stop being mad at your wings and understand that they're apart like so it's like yeah it's funny how there's like I mean there's only so many certain ways that you can write certain situations but it's funny to have that kind of humor in it that moment the humor yeah yeah so, spoiler alert. I mean, the humor and the serious. Yeah. If, if, yeah. if anybody has not read Klutz, so, like, don't listen to this part real quick because it might be a spoiler. But I had the girl, later when she learned to fly, had her take her to her wings again. And she was flying with the griffin. And all the other mates were kind of freaked out because she shouldn't have really been as high. And he was playing a little rough. And um, she yeah. got the hang of it and was very proud of herself because you're it's her point of view. You know, they're watching. And I switched between point of views in the two chapters. 
And they're like, oh, she's doing so good. And she's like elegant and like, you know, just really coming into her own. And then she smacks a bird with her face and she dies because it's she's a phoenix. So she yeah. dies all the time because she's clumsy. No. And so then I got to do my one piece of poetry I have ever written in my life. And so my next chapter, when it switched to her point of view, is like, I was beauty. I was grace until a bird smacked my face. Because then, of course, she just, <laughs> she just disintegrated. And that all her mates are on the ground just like, oh, look, she's beautiful. And then poof, she's gone in a cloud of feathers because both her and the bird disintegrated. Do you know how much research I had to do, though, to make sure it was entirely possible? Because clearly that matters. It doesn't matter that I have a phoenix and a griffin flying through the air, but it really mattered to me to make sure that you could hit a bird with enough velocity to actually Die. unalive yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's yeah. Those little details. I was talking to somebody a different uh, for the podcast and I was talking about being in an actual ME's office for research for my Sarah series, which is a FBI crime drama and bringing my tape measure. Oh, really? And that I was like actually measuring this. Well, because you can't tell from the movies and photos and stuff how much room is actually in between those drawers, how much room is in between the actual like. You're right. And they were like, why? Why? And I was like, why not? I can't find this on Google. And I never used it, but. You know, but you have it there if you do. I was just, <laughs> if you ever need to. Yeah, somewhere in my notes. Yeah, I absolutely do. And I've been in there and I've seen it. But it's like, yeah, I wanted to know how far those like viewing windows are from the actual and like how hard is it to get in between and like, you know, stuff that you, this is stuff that we actually, the, the rabbit holes we go in for research that you can't actually like is usable is hysterical to me. <sighs> the stuff with vampires is so funny because it's like nobody wants the, the cliche, but then sometimes you get crap if you go off like the, the quote-unquote rules of vampires but i still have fun messing with it like i have in sarah's series they can all have like different gifts but there's some that once you reach like ancient you get with your bloodline like a normal vampire can't drink down a human in like one feeding or whatever unless you're of this bloodline ah. so they were like <laughs> and again it's like the humor of like these these ancient vampires who are so used to this not like understanding certain semantics and she just kind of looks at them and like she says it like I'll wait for you guys to get it like go ahead I'm waiting and she's just like okay so you all understand you're idiots right like you didn't get just because <laughs> it's just so it's so amusing sometimes to just have that is the the end result of like I'll wait <laughs> yeah I love that I did a line in mine which again is poking fun at one of the you know the garlic and so when he's like, yeah, you know, we're together now. And she's like, oh, no, this isn't going to work. And she's like, I'm in a long term relationship with garlic bread. I, this isn't going to work between us. And it was just a smart aleck line in the middle of. Yeah. Of, and actually a very serious thing. Something serious. Yeah. But she yeah. was just, you know, if it was me, I would probably try to deflect with humor if I was in that situation. Or my, oh, yeah. or my panicked brain would lock on to the most. Like that was would really not be your problem at the moment would be garlic bread. Like in the yeah. whole scheme of things, you can live without garlic bread. But I probably latch on to that. And so he's like, um, I love garlic bread, too. So you have some bad information. And it, what was ended yeah. up being funny is when I saw a few of the reviews later, quite a few quoted that line. And they're like, I'm in a garlic bread relationship, too, girl. And it was like the readers really related to that line that was totally poking fun at you know, the vampires. Yeah. It's really funny which lines readers pick out. Like there's one 
you were saying about not having the guys like come to the rescue or whatever. In my Enchantress series, Soria is taking on her elders, which is one of her father, one of which is her father. And she sees her angel boyfriend basically bail in the middle of it. Oh, my. Yeah, he he comes back later and she says, like, I saw you bail. My life is complicated. You know, I get that you guys have clear lines, but I live in the world, of, you know, gray, basically. And in between heaven and hell, and this is the real world. And if you can't handle it, fuck off. And everybody else is like, hey, you're being too harsh. You're being too whatever. And the angel almost not really laughs, but he's like, you had the situation in hand. Hell, it looked cathartic. <laughs> I went to handle something else before it became an issue because I guess her, like her, not I guess, I know the answer. I wrote it. <laughs> I guess her father not I guess I wrote it I know the answer oh my god but no her father had certain things in place about their bloodline and if he died that would have reneged on some deals with demons so he actually went off to protect her in a different way ah I see okay yeah, that makes sense. But for an angel to, to be witnessing somebody killing people and just being like, it looked cathartic. <laughs> I've had that one specifically. Like, you didn't need the help. It looked cathartic. That that line quoted back to me. It's so many times that I'm like, I mean, I knew it was kind of amusing, but I didn't right. think it was as funny as. And I love that. I That is one of my favorite things when people pick out lines and they're like, really? Really? <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> I know. I, I never know. Like, the one of the lines that keeps getting quoted to me is so one of my characters she doesn't curse in real words she curses in made up words Mm -hmm. and so she's like snuffle mcsnuffin nut or something like it's a very hard line i had to sit there and say it like 30 times in a row to even make sure and then i cackled knowing that my narrator's gonna have to say it out loud but i'm seeing it posted now and i'm like really that that was that was the line occasionally i I don't read my reviews oh god no like i'll see if it's a a post on facebook like if somebody like that kind of thing but at this point probably the ADHD thing that you can have emotional dysregulation. So you can't everything that's critical, your brain latches onto and takes it way too far. Oh yeah. I mean, I can have 1500 reviews, you know, most of them good. And I go for that one, one star review immediately. Like, duh, like you're an idiot. I, well, one of my books says has one of them has like 66,000 and something reviews now. And in the comments, one of the top reviews says like this author isn't funny. Now, there are like over 5,000 other ones saying that they like laughed until they cried. But this one says that this author's not funny. And that stuck with me. You fixated. I, it. I fixated. Yeah. I could not write for eight weeks Aww. because every time I tried to crack a joke, I would just be like, you're being stupid. It's not funny. Mm-hmm. And I really kind of realized that I needed to not mentally that wasn't good for me and truthfully I'm not going to change the story anyways like I can make slight comments I have an alpha that reads as I write Mm -hmm. and I will pivot a little bit if she points out something big that like oh well you need to think this magic power through yeah how is this gonna you know that kind of thing I'll do or if she says hey I really wish you would have described the restaurant better yeah okay I'll do that but I can't change the Mm storyline these characters are very real in my mind and they're going to do whatever they want whether I want them to do it or not really doesn't matter because if they didn't like the story I hate that for them I hate that they wasted their time you know and and you know whatever on it but I can't really change the story because it's the story that the character says needs to be told and once I kind of came to terms with it I was like okay so then the reviews I obviously we need the reviews to sell our books yeah anybody listening that's a huge thing oh yeah majorly help us by leaving reviews or even just a rating yeah it's a it's a huge thing we're very appreciative I equivocated as you bought the book you bought dinner the review is the tip if you were 
really liked it. Yeah. And I appreciate it, but that doesn't necessarily mean I have to go through them all. It's not emailing me. It's not directed to me. I very much appreciate it. It's not even like the bad versus the good or anything like that. It's I've had it where I could read 100 reviews and 50 people want more sex and 50 people want less sex. Oh, that that's the hardest one. And then I second guess myself. And I can't give everybody what they want. And it's very, it just fills me with too much anxiety as, a, as an author and a people yeah, pleaser. Yeah, I'm a people pleaser. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Jinx. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm a people pleaser too. I want everybody to be yeah. happy. And if they're reading my book, I want them to enjoy yeah. that experience. Or if I'm not their cup of tea, no no shade. And bless you on finding the, the right author for you. Like there's nothing, there's whatever. I'm not for everyone. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Oh, I know that. My humor's weird. I know that. And I know, like, I'm very well aware. I'll see when my books are recommended. And usually mine are recommended when somebody says, so what's something that'll make me laugh? I've had a really hard week. And that's usually, or something absurd. I get recommended a lot there. There's a couple times I'll get recommended if you want to cry. But usually I'm, I'm a, a, a author you're going to read if you want to kind of giggle and wake your husband up in bed or laugh inappropriately at the doctor's office and have everybody look at you weird. Yeah. That's probably more more my speed. And I love that. But yeah. it is hard because I had one book I released and I think the first love scene was five chapters in. Yeah. If I remember correctly. So it's like a twenty two yeah. chapter book. Five chapters in was the first scene. I thought that was a good pace. Like they knew each other. They got to talk a little bit. They were faded mates. So it worked out that there was a natural draw there as well. Yeah. And I got a lot of heat for it was slow to start. Oh my because they, they really wish the spice started sooner. Next book, you gave it to him right away and it was too soon. Yep. Yeah. The next book, I was like, okay, fine. It was like, it was chapter two, I think. And I made them like crazy supermates to where it was. And the girl was kind of had the attitude like, hey, you only live once. Why not? Right. Yeah. This is probably a hallucination anyways. Yeah. So I kind of threw it in. And then people were like, well, it was, you know, I just, I, I just find faded mates so unbelievable. Like nobody would. And I'm like, seriously? Like, I can't win. You've never had a one night stand or a hookup? Girl, you've been missing out. I'm like, just like, there's no winning. So then the next book yeah. um, was my vampire, I think. And the steam doesn't happen until two thirds. There's steam before, but the real heavy, like the actual, you know, romance, yeah. like bang, wham, bam, that doesn't happen until two thirds of the way through the book. Yeah. But the pacing felt right to me. The story felt right. The buildup felt right. Yeah. And I'm like, they're just going to roast me alive for this. Yeah. You know, but in the end, it was the exact same. You had the same number of people that wished it was sooner and the same that just thought it was just right. And I'm like, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm just at this point have to write what I write. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> and I just go with what I think is right for the book. I have had some people notice and accurately notice that there's less sex in my books because I'm writing in an, an apartment versus when I had a house and I didn't have shared walls. Hilarious. That's true. It's it's very hard to be in the middle of write a sex scene, go outside and see like 14 people to walk Vader. <laughs> that is a valid thing. And it's I it, nobody's really been harsh about it it's just like it was a noticing you know thing so you were saying for the comedy I've taken for me I think it's I think I'm known more for the good guys win I'm the night off when there's too much of everybody getting away with crap they shouldn't nobody's getting punished for things yeah money buys you out of everything like uh, the world is on fire yeah and if you want to see the ending change 
I, that's that's my that's what people come to me for because the bad guys will always end up dead or in jail the good guys will always win my heroine will never die I mean eventually she'll die you know what yeah. I mean but I don't like kill off characters and when I first started I got a lot of oh my god your books are just fighting and fucking and I immediately replied with and there's something wrong with that <laughs> I say like banging and blowing up is what I like to do so every time yeah, I every nice. time I get bored I like that. I'll, yeah. I'll be writing a chapter where they're talking too much I'm like okay you all either need to blow something up or you need to bang <laughs> you need to bang or blow something up I like that yeah I don't see anything wrong with some fighting and fuck like you know <laughs> fight the bad guys let's have some sex like whatever that I clearly I've gotten better right. And, and still don't see anything wrong with that but I touch on emotions I delve into characters as the series are you know there's the, there's not more more of the books coming out I like that like I I started writing to rewrite the endings in my own life kind of as if you could but like I like that that's the, the good guys always win. I don't like the... I could never write like a mafia series. I, I can't even watch those kind of movies and stuff where it's like, you know, the misunderstood criminal or villain. It's like, nope, you should all be in jail. You should all be under the, you know, under the ground. Like, I, I just want the good guys to win. Yeah. I want, you know, good to triumph over evil. I, I just want the world to be better. That's how I need to write it out. Yeah. I think, like, my, I get told a lot, like, I'll make people cry and stuff. Yeah. But I think it's because I want you to relate to this character who's down to earth. Yeah. But then... I want to make you laugh unexpectedly like because the person is using humor a lot of times to deal with like whatever that stress yeah. is like I, there's one scene where she's chained up she's just freed herself like not even very long before right and the guys show up to save her and she's blown up the entire facility and she's dragging one of the guys behind her and she's like you're late you know like thanks a lot for coming but yeah I've already handled it kind of thing <laughs> no I love that I do but I also I think for me it's like yeah you want the night off and you don't want to have to think too hard so in a, a recent book Sarah rescues a few who had like the quote-unquote this rogue guy yes named himself alpha infected some women wanted to basically just have like sex slaves raping you know these poor women yeah. and she goes in kills the guy saves them and sexual assault and rape is something that too many of us have experienced, too many of us know about. And I know it's a rough topic. It triggers all the feelings. I don't use it as easy triggers or easy ways to get feelings. Right. But to me, I wanted to write the ending for those women that a lot of us don't get. And that was the response I got from a lot of readers was, I wish after... I went through something like that. I had a bunch of women just be there for me and stand there understanding that I just needed somebody to stand with yeah. me. Yeah. And that's the feels I want of giving. I can't give people what they need. I can't give them what they want, but I can give them, at least in fiction, a world where that is how that works out. That when one of us is hurt, we're all there together yeah. to stand together and be like, we're here. We, we know we've been through this. We're with you. Well, but books are our escape. I mean, there are, they are our escape and yeah, you don't want to escape into a world where everything just works the same as this one that we are escaping from. It's kind of the whole point of it. Yeah. And I get the light, you know, somebody's, I've had people be like, I got to take a break from your books. They're too heavy. I'm going through some stuff. I get that. I never judge anybody for that. I totally get that. That's why even in my, and I get a lot of heavy with my books because I'm writing right. them. That's why when I, 
I consume stuff, I tend to stick to more K-dramas where they're very lighthearted. They're 16 episodes. You know, I mean, I do a lot of watching stuff or research or whatever, but I 100% get that or taking a, you know, just I'm actually working on some trilogies where it's it's like even my editor is reading the first one and she's like, this is easy and not easy as in, but there's not 200 characters for her to keep straight in every book. It's like a dozen or 20. And I'm like, yeah, I want just a cleanse for us as author and editor because yeah. it's I don't know how far you've gotten in your series but I'm on book 19 19 maybe 20 I think the next wow. one is 20 I'm going to work on for Artemis do you have any idea how complicated it is to write the 20th book in a series I made it to five and I was like and it's not that you would think it'd be a lot of the big things which there are there are bigger things but I remember most of that it's the stupidest thing like did I give her a favorite ice cream in book one yes oh my god yes like looking up if I said that if her warlock uh, mate said that he liked cheese or not. Like, I remember a scene of cheese, yes. but I couldn't remember if he... Oh, my God. And you don't write every single note of that down. I had to go look through three books and be like, where was the cheese? I know. I have a, a girl who goes through and she creates like a Bible, like a series Bible. And it has, a, so it's a spreadsheet with all the characters and their powers and any. I have that, but right. you can't get but it all. Otherwise, it's 80 million pages. Well, it's the book. I mean, <laughs> let's be real. It's essentially yeah. the book. It, it, and it's wonderful. Don't get me wrong. It's great for like, my biggest flaw is I will forget like which eye color goes with which person sometimes. Like that's my, if mm. there's too many people, I will sometimes forget that on one or two people. Yeah. But other than that, I really, what I need to know is this most random little fact that it doesn't even yep. really matter, but I know I'll get called out on it if yep. I get it wrong. Yep. You know, oh, I don't like this food. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you know, that shouldn't have mattered. But now it does matter yeah. because now she's eating a salad with that on it. And I don't know if I said she yeah. hated it. <laughs> yeah. I'm honestly at the point where for the last like five, four or five books of Artemis, I'm honestly going to put a warning at the beginning. Like, look, I got Tamsin unlocked, but there might be somebody that I said doesn't like donuts and does like donuts. <laughs> and we're all going to ignore it because... I'm going to lose my mind and not finish the series otherwise because I'm spending so much time in the complicated and worrying if I ever said that Darby liked freaking dragon fruit that I spent two hours scouring to see if I ever said oh my god and then you just have that feeling of frustration that's the thing like like, I know I said it somewhere if I didn't say it here where did I say it and what or okay so it was a different series so I've never done a series this long before it's 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 it's, and it's it's very complicated I don't know if I to be honest I don't know if I could like I I don't know if I recommend (laughs) it or I recommend maybe writing it all and then just taking a year off and publishing it yeah (laughs) I I don't know five I did five so I ended that series at five and I have a spin-off that's a trilogy and then I have a second yeah, see, I've never ended a series before so I'm also nervous about ending oh it. that's like, that's nerve-wracking I'll tell you up front like it's nerve-wracking yeah. I see I have I finished this is my third series I finished but the first two were trilogies this one was five and it's nerve-wracking because for me because I'm a pleaser it's like am I going to wrap everything up how they want it mm-hmm. and is it going to be you know there's like all these thoughts because you need it to be perfect and when you're so focused on perfectionism you sometimes can't just let the story flow yeah yeah I don't know it's yeah I'm at the point where I've accepted the fact that half of the people are going to hate it because I hate every ending to every series even if it is exactly what it should have been 
I just don't want things to end. Yeah, this is true. So I've never read a book series or seen a TV series ending that I've liked. I'm that person. So I've dealt with the fact that people are going to hate it. However, comma, it is this ending that is not a gotcha. It is very much I've been working towards this ending. It should be the expected ending. That is the one thing that I absolutely hate where you get to like the last chapter and they like pull the rug out from underneath you of the whole series. Like, yeah, I don't want to be left with more questions. No. See, I've I've watched too many TV series where they kind of leave you like that or the, the series gets canceled and you get stuck on a cliffhanger. Yeah. Then I've watched a couple of TV series where they really should have ended it, but they kept it going and then it just feels like it's dragging. Yeah. So now yeah. this is terrible, terrible. My husband hates it because he requires, his brain requires finished like very much like Sheldon where it's like it's a commitment before I start watching something I'm not like that Mm -hmm. so I will binge something for a day and then never watch it again and I will pick a nice ending for myself yeah like if I know that like I'm on the sixth season of something and there's eight seasons but I've seen a spoiler where they're like oh well she's gonna have a baby and that character never wanted one or she's not gonna end up with so-and-so I'll just pick an ending and stop there. I'm like, the end. <laughs> I didn't actually watch the whole series. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> and my husband's like, you can't just stop there. He said, like, you're not, how can you be satisfied not knowing what happens? And I'm like, in my mind, this is where it ended. It was a wonderful ending. <laughs> yes. No, I've, I've done that too. But this is, honestly, it's, this is going to be a soft walk into the sunset. Like I might have a lot of harsh in my books. I don't want it to be the last, right. like, I want the after dinner mint or the, the nightcap kind of vibe. That's just how I feel. Like it's, it's not going to be walk off of the sunset where everything's perfect from here on out, but it's. I, if you if you read the series, there are enough huge, not just my normal little breadcrumbs that people are like, oh, you sneaky bitch. There are huge street signs of what's going to happen. Like, it should not be a shocker to anyone. I love really those. And that's- I love those. And I love the little threads. Like, that's one of my favorite things is like tucking those threads, because especially as a pantser, because you're still working, you know, some things you're still learning about the characters as you're writing, but- you know when you're leaving a little thread here, but you can't make it so obvious that like, you know, he- heaven forbid you forget about it Yeah. or it doesn't work with something that changes in the future. Yeah. But I've laid some threads down and then when I get to pull them, you know, as the finish is coming, which it will make complete sense. It's not a pull the rug out. It's just like, a, oh, yeah. that just makes it all feel right, you know, and it's like, yeah. You know, my, my ass will be like, how did you, you so you're telling me for like a year you've had this plan that I'm and they're like, and, and they know I'm riding by the seat of my pants half the time. But I'm like, yeah, that part I knew <laughs> that part I knew I was planning. I'm a plotter, though. So like I, I always have the evil plan. I've known how this series ends from the day I started it. I didn't know it was going to. Well, you, I was planning on one book a quarter. So I was planning on like 24 books originally. Yeah. So, yeah, I knew the ending before I started. That is not normally the norm. But yeah, I. I kind of know how it all comes together and I leave the breadcrumbs and I it's so funny because I've had people be like you forgot about this it's like no I didn't like just, just oh I love that I've had a couple where they hold my beer <laughs> like hang on just hang on yes. it's not over I didn't forget shit. yes I have a character I'm not going to say which series but I have a character that was definitely a side character it was a rescued side character that I actually gave a name to like she had an appearance in a scene and more so than the other ones who got rescued right mm-hmm. and then she was taken to safety and I have had several people question like you know it, it did stand out a little bit not a ton but it's like a little mm-hmm. bit like you, you don't normally name your side characters um and this one got a name yeah yeah but 
they're going to be real surprised when there's another series that'll launch in about two years and it's going to make all kinds of sense. And it doesn't affect the, the story that it's in at all at this point. It's just somebody she yeah. rescued that was very sweet and gave a name. You know, that's all it is. But it's yeah. going to be really cool later. My editor's like, you, you sure you want to name this one? Like, and, you know, like they're very, a little bit like, that was a little interesting, but they let it go. Yeah. That's fun. No, I totally get that. And the interweaving in the, the railroad tracks laying down. But sometimes, I, now you're a plotter, you don't have this. Sometimes I get thrown. Oh, no, I still get that. I still get that. And my husband does not understand. I will try to explain it. And he just thinks that I'm crazy. But I'm like, no, no. He's not wrong. This is true. (laughs) This is true. And we know that science has proven that our brains are computers that work puzzles all the time. So while we're doing our other tasks in the background, it is processing information that we are not even thinking about. So that makes sense. It's working out the plot line and the story and everything. That's how when I sit down to write, then I can write because it's already worked out a lot of these details, even if it's not on paper. But I had one scene and um, I was messaging my outfit. I'm like, oh, wait till you this this scene is a it's a total like shocker. It's you're just it's you're going to be so shocked because I knew what was coming. Right. Mm -hmm. And I wrote to that last chapter because it was um, part of a series and it was the cliffhanger ending. Right. And I knew, and I was excited. I was like, fingers flying. And he turns the phone to show her this ultimate betrayal thing, right? Except it wasn't mm-hmm. the person that I thought it was going to be the entire book. Like the entire book, oh my. I knew it was this person in the storyline from her past. Mm-hmm. But it ended up being the person I didn't expect from her past. Yeah. And so he turns the phone and my character just like, her heart stops and she gasps. And I'm literally gasping in real life like, no yeah no i plotters get that too because it's like once you work out like i can have an outline but once i work out the logistics it clicks differently when i get to that part that happens to me not all the time but that happens to me too absolutely oh it made absolute sense like the scene continued to flow like my brain had worked it all out and it was exactly what the story needed but when I sent it to my alpha, she's like, I did not see that coming. And I was like, me either. Yeah, me either on several levels. <laughs> yeah, you have no idea. My husband's like, you had to have known. And I'm nope. like, well, subconsciously, I guess. but Apparently, but yeah, no. Nope. I was like, this was a shocker. How dare you leave me on a cliffhanger like this? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a railroad tracks kind of layer plotter. I'm not like a in concrete outline. Is it a plotster? Is that what they call it? Or it's- yeah. No, I mean, I'm a real plotter, um, but it's like some people have this conception that like once you outline, like that's it, it's set in stone. And it's just not like we, we change things, not all the time, but we change things a lot. It's just it's setting up the foundation of the house as opposed to, you know, yeah, I'd love that. however pantsers do it. It's it's just a different it's just a different style. of. I would love that. And I did do it on one book. Um, I did a, a heavy plot and I had the hardest time writing it. And I, for the life of me, couldn't understand why, because I had a heavy outline. Like I was like, this is what's going to happen. And when I finally wrote the book, it was exactly, well, I mean, with some, a few twists, it was pretty much the book I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And then I was reading in a post in one of the, a cozy mystery author group. And this very, very successful cozy mystery author commented because they were all saying you have to have a heavy plot in a mystery. Otherwise, it won't come together. Nope. And she said, no, nope. that she can't actually plot because she gets bored. If she knows what's going to happen in that much detail, she's too bored to write the story. And so her brain just drags its feet and procrastinates it because it's like, ah, we've already watched that movie or we've already read that book. 
Um, I mean, that could be for her, but oh, yeah. I, I don't know that I could write one of my bigger mysteries without any. I don't think I could do it pants in, but I heavy plotting doesn't necessarily, there's a lot of research involved and you can do it as you go. So it can change certain aspects in you. It, I definitely have to be more flexible on my murder mystery sometimes than I would like to, but that's just the way things are and the chips fall. Yeah, and she said that she goes back. You have to be more calculating on your murder mysteries, especially if you're doing it in known locations. Like, I put a lot more background detail into my Sarah books of like looking up the weather that week in Chicago in 2017. <laughs> well, because if, if you have a murder that happened in, you know, the body dump in uh, in a parking garage, because that's the book that's coming out in the winter. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I think I've already spoiled that one anyway. And it's in the whatever in the winter. And then uh, if you don't check the weather of what it is in 2017 in that month, and they had a bunch of heavy storms, you just fucked with your whole everything. And yes, it's fiction. It's not actually what happened in Chicago because there weren't werewolves there. But if that's the if that's your parameters, you have to check the weather. Oh, yeah, for sure. When I read, I'm a I'm a speed reader, so I skim a lot. Mm -hmm. So your detail would probably not distract me at all. But I know there are readers who would be very distracted. Oh, they're fixated on so much. Yeah. Right. Well, that's why I love history. Like I am such a history buff. I adore history so much, but I will not write historical oh, God, uh, no. fiction no. because the very idea of how careful you have to be on even the language. fabric that would have been available, the language, the Ugh. fabric, the... You know, I can't No, like I that would bog down my creative process. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, why do you write paranormal? I write paranormal because I can bend the rules. You know, that's fun to, to do that, to be tied down so tight. I just I don't think I could handle that. I write paranormal because the real world sucks. This is true. And I want a world with hot vampires and hot werewolves and just but you do. I like I want I want more mystical and magical. I agree. Life. And. I've been somebody who's always believed in aliens, not necessarily that I believe in aliens, but if you are telling me that you think aliens are stupid when we're one planet in one solar system that has barely been, and so many out there that we barely can see, much less haven't explored, well, aren't you just full of yourself thinking you know a lot about too much? So that's kind of where I've always been. Oh, I agree. The outro goes here. I want to give a big thanks to Sedona Ash for joining me for such a fun conversation. Also, to all of our fans for checking this podcast out. I hope you liked what you heard and decide to stick around. Please make sure to subscribe to the Fat Books Podcast on YouTube or Spotify or that little purple icon on your Apple device. Follow us on Twitter or Facebook to stay up to date on who we're recording with and when the episodes are coming out. There's also a Patreon if you want to support the podcast and keep it going. Now let's hear a bit about what she's working on and what's next for her fans. I'm working right now. My next book out will be Dinosaurs, Dilemmas, and Albert Einstein. And that's the second book in my Dino Shifter series. And then my Vampire series has its book two releasing in June. I'm also working on co-writes. Uh, we just released the Alien, DTDP, which is down to get probed. Um, <laughs> under the name Gemini with MJ Marston. Sorry, say that again? The title of the book is DPGP, and it stands for Down to Get Probed. Okay, then. And... <laughs> Yeah, we figured that would like not mess up the sensors or whatever. So we'll be releasing book two and that before too long. And it's DTGW, which is down to get wet because these aliens live on a wet world. Oh, girl. So that's 
kind of fun. Yeah, I love it. Keeping it light and silly. (laughs) No, so yep, lots of fun stuff coming up this year. And um, if anybody, any of the readers are listening, I will actually be in Salem at at a a book signing there in September. So I'd love if you guys came out and said hi. Oh, you're going to be right by me. (gasps) That's right. Thanks for staying until the end and hope you enjoyed it.